Thank you. God is good. Yeah, he is. Even when things are going hard in our lives, God is always good. Never forget that. He's always good. He never changes. That's just great, isn't it? You know, when, you know, some people, you never know what they're going to be like. <laughs> sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not. But uh, God's always good. God is good. In fact, that is the title of my message. And uh, God loves his creation. He loves each and every one of us, all of us, that he sent his only son to die. Would you be willing to do that? I don't think I would. You know, but he was willing to give up his son for the sins of the world. I call that complete love, absolute love, and uh, absolute goodness, complete goodness. So we can never question the goodness and the love of God. He still loves you. doesn't matter what's going on in your life, he still loves you. He will never stop loving you. Absolutely. So it says in Psalm 73 verse 1, Truly God is good to Israel, to such as are pure in heart. You know, pure in heart doesn't mean you have to be perfect. It means that you have a heart of love for God. You know, it's a heart that wants what's right. Because God is good and he never changes. And God revealed his goodness when he created us in his image. And he gave us dominion in all the earth. That shows God's love, doesn't it? That he would create you know, his sons and daughters in his image and he gave us dominion over the earth and over all the works of his hands. So that tells me that God is good. He's really good. Yes, he is all the time. You know, when God was, um, he was creating the earth, he looked and at the grass, all the grass, the herbs, the trees, the flowers, who, it says whose, seeds yield, whose seed yields seed according to its kind. And it will follow, and God said, this is good. This is good. And uh, of all the, if you think of all the different plants, the thousands upon thousands of plant life in the whole world, each one produces its own seed and produces according to its own kind. I call that miraculous. You try creating something like that. So seed is always important to God. The word of God, it's referred to as incorruptible seed. God's word is incorruptible. And we are called the seed of Abraham through Jesus Christ. So sometimes people confuse Satan's work for God's work. In insurance, if you read insurance, they'll say an act of God. Storms, storm damage, earthquakes, so forth is called an act of God. It's not an act of God. It's that's really the earth that's crying out because it wants freedom from all the sin and everything that's going on. Some say, God put sickness on me to teach me something. No, God would never, ever do that. He doesn't do that. He's a God of love. God is good. And if you're good, you don't do that. Say, well, I, you know, I'm mad with this person. Would you be mad with your neighbour and you put sickness on them? It's a bit like what we're facing in the world today, actually, to think about it. People in the world that hate mankind, <laughs> trying to destroy them. Anyway, some of that might go over some of your heads, but some will know what I'm talking about. Psalm 23, verse 6 says, The Lord is my shepherd, and then it goes on to say, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Surely. God's making this is really for certain. His goodness and his mercy will follow you all the days of your life. 
all the days. It says in uh, 1 John 5:19, we know that we are of God, so we're born of God, and the whole world lies under the sway or the influence of the wicked one. That's talking about Satan. So the whole world, because of Adam's sin, the, the earth is under the control, if you like, of the wicked one. And after the fall, of, after Satan, it says after the fall, when Adam fell, it says that Satan filled this earth with violence. And it says in Genesis 6, 11, the earth also was corrupt before God. And everything was good. Remember, God made everything, and he said, it is good. Everything was good. And now, uh, a few chapters on for after creation, it says the earth also was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. And so what did God do? He had to, if we were going to lose the whole planet, he sent the floods to destroy the wicked. There were only eight people left that hadn't given themselves over completely to darkness. And that was Noah and his wife and their family. And sadly, really, over time, mankind again became controlled by Satan and demonic beings. Now, in these days we're in right now, great wickedness has been revealed. Things hidden are being exposed. It says in the word there is nothing hidden that won't be exposed. So everything eventually has to come to the light, the light of God. So Satan's plan has always been to control and destroy mankind, always, to bring them under his control through wicked people. He uses wicked people. And he's come very close, I will say, to bringing into play his plans for a world controlled by him through wicked people and in a one worldwide government. And some of you, if you know the Bible, you'll know about that. You know, but Satan underestimates God and the spirit-filled body of Christ. We are the only thing that is holding him back. We are the spirit-filled believers. We are the ones that is holding this darkness back. When the rapture comes and the church is caught up, then comes the great tribulation. It's all prophesied in the Bible. But Satan believes with the help of corrupt people and governments worldwide, he can bring this time forward. But Satan always underestimates God and overestimates himself. He's so pumped up with pride. He overestimates itself. God alone is almighty. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. He is all-good. There is no evil nor darkness in him. And when we know that God is all-goodness, that he's completely good and there's no shadow of darkness in him, and when we know that only good comes from God, then we can put our trust in him 100%. I can say I 100% trust almighty God, always. So we cannot compare God to humans at all. We can never challenge his motives because they're always 100% good and right. And God absolutely loves his son. He absolutely loves his family on the earth, those who have received his son's sacrifice for their sins and are partakers of his divine nature and his righteousness. So God's plan for us are for good and not for evil. Satan has plans for people too. They are plans of death and destruction. 
He's all about destroying, destroying hope, destroying love, destroying health, destroying peace. He tries to push his plans on the born-again believers too. It's not just the unbelievers. And that is when we have to rise up and say, Satan, no, I do not receive your plans for my life. I receive God's plans for my life. God is my strength. God is my healer. God is my deliverer. God is my provider. We need to use our mouths. Sometimes we, things come in our minds and we forget to speak out. The power is in your words. It's not so much in your thoughts, although what you think you do become. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is or so he will become. If you're thinking on negative stuff all the time, you're going to become that, full of negativity. So we just need to say, I refuse to accept Satan's plans for our life. Because he has a plan for us. He absolutely does, and that's death and destruction. So God is 100% trustworthy. His it says in 2 Peter 1.3, His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. So we are his offspring. Mentioned in Acts 7.28, we are his offspring. We came from him. We are his family. We're the family of God. What better family can you have than the family of God? You know, there should be absolute unity in the body of Christ. There should be unity in the family of God. You know, in your own home, when there's strife, um, there's such um, pressure in there, isn't it? If there's strife, it's, you don't want to go home. If there's strife, strife in home, you don't want to go home. And uh, so, you know, we should not have strife in our church. We're just part of the body, in the body of Christ. You know, there should be no strife. We're in, we are one family. We are one body. Jesus said, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that you might have life and that they may have, have it more abundantly. They may have life and that they may have it more abundantly in John 10.10. 10. He wants you to have abundant life. Abundant. So God has given us the right of a free will. We have free will. Satan is the opposite. He wants to control mankind. He doesn't want anyone to have a free will. He doesn't like that. He binds people in fear. He binds people in sin. He binds people in pain and hopelessness and anger and bitterness. He binds them with disease or lies all these sort of things. He binds people. He wants to take away their freedom, take away our peace, take away our joy, take away our love even, turn it to hate. He always will turn, he works the opposite to God. Love becomes hate. Joy becomes turmoil and sadness, all these sort of things. So we have a free will. Satan is the opposite and he wants to bind us in all the things he has for us, which are bad. So Jesus, Jesus came to set the captives free. That's good news. <laughs> so if any of you are not free today, Jesus came to set you free. Whatever. You say, well, I'm oppressed by this, or something's controlling my life. I tell you what, in Jesus' name, that can be broken in a second through the power of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Satan's are, the demons are real, you know that. Satan is real. Although he tries to blind the masses 
to the truth of that. A lot of people don't believe there's, there's no devil. They think it's just not a real thing. There is a devil, his name's Satan. And there are demons. You know, and they're out to kill, to steal or destroy. And to deceive. Satan is always out to deceive us. You know, it's whisper and say, if God loved you, that wouldn't happen. God makes people sick. You know, then people say that. Oh, God made me sick. No, God would never make you sick. Sickness is in the world. You know, it's, just, it's there. We know we just need someone to sneeze in our face. If we're not careful, next minute we've got a cold. <laughs> COVID or, or whatever. But you know what we should do as believers? Father, I just thank you. Jesus bore my sicknesses. He carried my pains. And with his stripes, his wounds, I am healed. That's what we need to do. When something comes against you, use the word against it. And that will defeat Satan's plans. He's the, lie, he's the father of lies, complete liar. He'll tell you anything you hear from him, anything that's contrary to the word comes from him. And you tell him he's just a liar and tell him to go shut his face. Go <laughs> shut your mouth. <laughs> so there's no truth in him. There's no truth in Satan. He's a great deceiver. He deceived even in the garden and he hasn't stopped his deceitful ways ever since. He's still the same. And always remember that God is the source and the giver of life. Satan is the exact opposite. He wants us all to prosper, spirit, soul, body, financially, socially, socially, in every way. God wants his people to prosper. Anything apart from that is not from him. It says in 3 John 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So he wants us to prosper in our soul, our mind, our will and emotions. He wants us to be strong on the inside. He wants us to have a strong mind. And the only way we really get a strong mind is if we, we keep washing our minds in the word of God. It cleanses us because totally we're bombarded with negativity. Isn't that right? Negativity. That's why I stopped listening to the news. I'm sick of, tired of it. And it's a bunch of lies, a lot of it too, so I just cut it off. But when, when things change, then I might listen to it again, but I'm not going to listen to somebody getting up there and spouting on, and I know what you're saying is a bunch of lies. So anyway, that's just my thing. Okay, so our health is linked to our souls. If our souls prosper, we'll prosper. So it's really important to get your mind, your will and emotions in order. In order with and lined up with the word of God, and the purposes of God and the plans of God. Your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. Okay, get them linked with him. With peace, with joy. We should be so filled, you know, with peace, with joy. I mean, if you think of uh, Daniel in the lion's den, he had peace. He, he was happy to rejoice in there and praise God. Just like the three, you know, the, um, thrown into the fiery furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They they were happy. They they went and they didn't go in there crying. They went in smiling. And what did God do? He was in the fiery furnace with them, and He'll be in that fiery furnace with you as well, all of you. And just put your trust in God. We need to absolutely trust. Almighty God, because he loves us, he cares for us, we are his children, he wants the best for us, he wants us to be happy, he wants us to prosper, 
He, he wants us healthy and strong in every way, mentally, spiritually, and physically. God hates sickness and disease. He hates it. He hates poverty. Poverty's not a good thing. You know, it used to be terrible if you dared to say God wants to prosper you. Oh, no. Well, what would, do you think he's happy if you, were, you know, didn't have a roof over your head and you were scrounging around for food? Of course not. God is, he's, he's got an abundance. He has an abundance. He's not lacking in anything. And he wants to bless his children. How many want to bless your children? Yeah. There shouldn't be. There should not be any starving children in our country. And with that way, we can blame people who aren't good because Satan has control. And at the moment, he does have control. God does not want children starving when there's enough in the world to feed everyone. Absolutely. So when Adam and Eve, they chose to sin and rebel against God and that sin nature replaced God's life within them. They were separated from God and spiritual death has been passed down through every generation. And that is why God had to send his son. To, he was the one who would paint the sin of the whole world for everybody born, past, present, future. His blood was powerful enough to blot out sin and that sin nature for all those who would turn to him. And what we need to do is say, thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I believe, I know you died for me and I receive your sacrifice and that you just cleanse me from all unrighteousness. You make me a new creation. We become a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. Isn't that good news? Yeah. So Jesus came that we would have life. And when we receive Jesus into our heart, we become those new creations. Absolutely. Okay, so that was 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18, if any, if that new creation. And he says, all, now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. We have a, we've got a ministry of reconciliation. What does that mean? It's to reconcile others to God. To say, you know, there's a God that loves you. There's a God that died for you. His name was Jesus Christ. And he wants you to enjoy life. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to prosper in every spirit, soul, and body, financially in every way. God is the author of life. Satan is the author of death. And when it says that, our spirits cry out, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. Because we know he's our creator and he's our heavenly father. He carried, you know, before you, you when you were born, you, it, you didn't just suddenly exist. You always existed. It says that we were in God. Inside of God. God's not like, inside of God is not like you and me. There's eternity in him. And we, our spirits, lived in him. And when a baby is conceived, the Holy Spirit will take down that little spirit and knit it to that bit of flesh. And life comes. And they know at the point of conception, there's a, it's like a little light. They, they know that um, scientifically. What's the light? It's the spirit being knitted to that little bit of flesh. Without the spirit, you won't live. Without, when you're, when you, if your flesh dies, your spirit's gone. Or your spirit could go and you'll die. <laughs> Whichever happens first. God might just say, I'm just going to take you home. Okay. So, there is no darkness in God. 
None at all. And at one time there was no darkness in Satan either. He was known as Lucifer until pride was found in him and he wanted to be like the Most High God. And that's when he was cast out of heaven and there was no entry to it any longer because of his sin and because of his pride, nor ever will be. He will never, ever be allowed there. Otherwise heaven would become like earth. So Satan had always set about destroying everything God created. He watched as God created man in his likeness. That is what Satan wanted. He wanted to be like the Most High God. He, and he set about from that time to separate man from God. He wanted dominion over all the earth that mankind had been given, granted. So, question to ask, and probably um, that lady, if God is absolutely and completely good and there's no darkness in him, why do bad things happen on the earth? It's because God gave us all a free will. He didn't want robots. He wanted people who could make decisions themselves. And God, throughout the centuries, has always encouraged people to choose life. And when Jesus came, he said, choose Jesus Christ. He's the way, he's the truth, he's the life. But people still choose darkness over and over again. And God has always said, there is seed, plant, harvest. Seed, plant, harvest. The harvest we reap depends on our choices, on what we sow with our words and with our actions. One of God's names, you know, he's, he's got many titles to his name. One of them is Elohim, E-L-O-H-I-M. It describes the creator God. Elohim is Father, the Word and the Holy Spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Jesus was known as the, the Word before he came to this earth. Now he's back there as the Son, the Son of God. He was the Word. And it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it talks about him coming to this earth. Three and one. So John said, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And that's Jesus Christ. But he had been known as the word for eternity. So Adam was created in the likeness and the image of God. We are a three-part being. There was Father, the word, and the Holy Spirit. And in like ways, we are spirit, soul, body. We are three parts. And, um, but God also has an, another name title. It's Jehovah or Yahweh. Y, capital Y, capital H, capital V, capital H. And that's found in Genesis 2, 4. And that's dealing with the, uh, the cycles of life, seed, plant, and harvest. This is the Yahweh side of Elohim, the creator God. So in Galatians 6, 7, it says, What, what a man sows, that shall he reap. It's the seed, plant, harvest. It's, it's this whole thing. You sow hate, you'll reap hate. Sow violence, you'll reap violence, death. So it isn't God doing it. It is to do with the system of seed, plant, harvest. So God, Yahweh, reveals God in his strict system of justice. In Genesis 2.7, it says, now the Lord God, so that's capital L-O-R-D, that's that word, Yahweh, God, for man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. 
And that name is always tied to seed, plant, harvest. People say if there is a good God, why are people sick? Why are people horrible? Why are there accidents, famine and destruction? It's because God gave man authority and dominion in the earth over everything. We had dominion. And man handed their God-given dominion and authority in this earth to Satan when they bowed to him and listened to him and did what he, what he said. They sinned in that Garden of Eden. So when there are tragedies and destruction, it all ties back to that seed plant harvest. It isn't God doing it. We need to ask ourselves sometimes, what has been sown? You know, it's his system of justice set in place. What you sow in your life, it is what you reap. Bad seed will continue to grow and produce a bad crop unless you dig up the seed. Harvest is you reap what you sow. It is a spiritual law since the beginning of time. We reap what we sow. It's nothing to do with God. God doesn't bring a bad harvest. We do it with our actions and our words. Our words are powerful. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life. And then the word says, says, choose life. Choose life. Don't speak words of, oh, I'm, you know, uh, oh, I'll never have enough. I'm no good. I'm useless at that. You know, I hate myself. And you're cursing yourself. That's what you're doing. Don't talk those things. You know, when, when, you, when we get a symptom of sickness, we should be fighting it. We don't say, oh, I'm going to be sick. I hope this is not COVID. Let's just be filled with the word of God and say, I, God, God, that God is my healer. He's my deliverer. He's my strong tower from the enemy. Amen? So what are you saying with your words and your actions? We reap what we sow. We reap it. That is why he warns us in Proverbs. Like I said before, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Therefore, choose life. <laughs> you wouldn't think you would even have to say that, would you? Therefore, choose life. You, th you know, but people are that thick. They are that stupid <laughs> that they sometimes choose the other. So choose words which are going to bring a good harvest to your life. That God blesses me. I have more than enough for every good work. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. I'm blessed in the city and the country. I find favour. God surrounds me with favours, with a shield. I find favour in this. I find favour in my workplace. I find favour wherever I go. I find the favour of God because you're, that's what the words, you know, we need to believe this. He surrounds us with favour, is with a shield. It's a shield around you. So if people are mean, you won't feel it because the shield of favour is all around you. Okay. <laughs> is it making sense? I don't know. Okay, so God is absolutely good and fair and just. And that's why he sent his son. You know, he sent his son because he loved us so much. I mean, I wouldn't be willing to do that, but he did. You know, so whosoever would believe in him, whosoever. It's not just the nice people. You can be a meanest, horriblest person. But if you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, you'll be saved. You'll become a new creation on the inside. Life enters you. Your spirit, which was dead to God, becomes alive to God. And it's filled 
with the light and the life of God. People know, people who can see in the realm of the spirit, they can see Christians because they're filled with light. And the others have sort of like a grey shroud, shroud over them. It's the darkness. But the believer, we should be filled with the light and the life of God. Absolutely. Okay, so God puts no restrictions on everlasting life. He said, just come and receive Jesus. Receive my son. He sacrificed his life for you. He didn't say, get your life cleaned up, then come. Come as you are. You know, it could be the dirtiest, meanest person could come up. But they are sincere and they want Christ in their lives. God will receive them. And he'll put, the, he'll put eternal life into their spirit. And their spirit will become alive to God. You see, when Adam sinned, that eternal life left him. But when Jesus came, and from that day on, whoever, whoever would receive him were filled with light and life, everlasting life. So your spirit, man, is filled with life and light, not darkness, no longer shrouded in darkness. So, number one, we're just about finished. Acknowledge you have sinned. It says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Invite Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and Saviour. I'm, pro- I'm probably preaching to the saved here, but there may, if it was just one of you, this is worth it. Sow your life into his, into God's, and you shall reap everlasting life. So we know why there are famines. We know why there are plagues. We know why there's sickness and poverty. And that God is absolutely good. It's because of mankind's sin and their choices. It's because of wicked people. People have chosen to serve Satan rather than the giver of life. Because of the law of seed, plant and harvest. And Satan, it says, is the God of this world. But he's not the God of the believer. He has a right to be here for a certain length of time. But his day will come when he'll be totally kicked out of this place. Hallelujah. That'll be good. <laughs> yep. One day, but then, you know, oh, there's a whole... I could go on just a whole another trail there. But anyway, that's all good. So God is good all the time. He's always reaching out to people. He's inviting them to come through his, through his son so they can enjoy the sonship rights of a child of the living God. Now, we need to act like children of God. Watch your mouth. Watch what you're saying. You know, all the bad in the earth is all to do with the harvest yielding its crop. Remember in Moses' day, and the, um, <clears throat> he wouldn't, you know, the, the Pharaoh wouldn't let the people go, and uh, he was warned and warned and warned of all of these things. But they sowed the plagues themselves because they worshipped false gods and refused to listen to God. They had ten warnings and they would, still wouldn't listen. They worshipped evil entities which kill, steal and destroy and they reaped what they sowed. So all creation, creation is groaning and waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. That's us. It says that in Romans 8, 19. There's going to come a day when the body of Christ, so filled with God, so filled with the light and the life of God, because we've given our lives completely to Jesus Christ. And we, we won't speak death. We'll only speak life. There's coming a time when the sons of God, means the sons and daughters, are going to be revealed on this earth 
for a season. Absolutely. And it, and it says all creation is groaning. They know about it and it's groaning, waiting. Come on, come on, body of Christ. Come on, learn to love. Learn to be powerful in God. Learn to say the right things. Amen? Don't hold on to unforgiveness. You're holding on to unforgiveness, loose it, let it go. Because that's, that will bring darkness into your soul. So, right. So I say all creation is groaning and waiting. They're waiting for us. They're waiting and watching for this time to be free. It says even to be, they will be freed from corruption and decay itself. The whole um, nature, if you like, for a time. So what harvest, I want to ask you this in closing, what harvest are you expecting? What have you been sowing with your words? And actions. God said, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. You wouldn't think you'd have to add therefore choose life, would you really? If I set if something set before me, death, life, blessing, cursing, I'll go for the life. I'm going to go for blessing. So therefore, choose life. Because some of us are a bit thick, okay? Choose life. Not one word goes unnoticed. They are spiritual <clears throat> and they will produce a crop, good or bad, depending on your words. But remember, God is good always, always good. And he's made a way, he's made a way for us to escape the darkness and to walk in his life and his goodness, to walk in victory. We should be walking in victory. We can walk in victory. It's our choice. We've got to walk in love. We, we can walk in healing and abundance, joy and peace. Because it says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Even when in the bad times, just thank, thank God, Father, I rejoice in you. And that will help you get through those times. So, you know, some of you may have to dig up some seeds that are growing in your lives. What harvest is coming to you? Dig them up. You can cancel out those harmful words. And you can repent. And I've got a prayer here. If you want to pray it, you can pray it with me, okay? I'll lead you in it. If you don't want to say it, that's fine. But if you do, I, re I encourage you to do this. So we're going to get rid of any rotten seed that we've sown. <coughs> we want it dug up and dealt with. We don't want bad harvest. We want a good harvest a harvest that God has for us. So let's pray this. Father God, forgive me for all the harmful words I have spoken. I repent this day and I cancel every negative and harmful harvest that I have produced. I cut them off through the blood and the name of Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Saviour. Amen. Amen. Well, there you are. Praise the Lord. God is good all the time. And you, you know, you guys are what all creation is waiting for, for us to rise up this great and mighty body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. 
We should be changing things around us. Like when Jesus was in his body, he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. And that's what we need to be doing, getting people. We've got to be free of the devil before we can get others out of the, out of the way of the devil. So you know, we need to be going about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. Amen? Amen. That's our call. So God bless you all. And if you want prayer, we, we will have prayer here. Um, but if you want to go on into the cafe, that's fine.